Welcome to Ranting Politics, where we explore thematic topics shaping the world. On today's episode of You Need to Know, we'll be discussing the highly contentious WHO proposed pandemic treaty called the CA+. With some flaws and areas of concern within the current draft, it's crucial to examine this treaty and its implications for the United States and the rest of the world. But before we start, please take out your phones and follow us on Twitter at RantingRP and press that like button on your podcast feed to help our distribution on this, for now, ad-free startup podcast. First, let's make sure everyone knows exactly what the World Health Organization, the WHO, is. The World Health Organization is a specialized agency of the United Nations, established in 1948, with the primary objective of promoting global public health. Its main functions include coordinating international health efforts, setting norms and standards, providing technical support to countries, monitoring and assessing health trends, and shaping the global health research agenda. The WHO's primary objectives are to ensure that all people enjoy the highest attainable standard of health and to facilitate worldwide cooperation in addressing health challenges. This includes combating infectious diseases, promoting non-communicable disease prevention, improving maternal and child health, strengthening health systems, and promoting universal health coverage. The organization operates through six regional offices and its headquarters in Geneva, Switzerland, working closely with governments, international organizations, and other stakeholders to achieve its goals. As a global health authority, the WHO plays a vital role in shaping public health policies, disseminating information, and coordinating responses to health emergencies like pandemics and natural disasters. In light of this new framework to negotiate the world's response and future authority of global health crisis, we also need to reflect on the COVID-19 pandemic. It's important to acknowledge the shortcomings in the response measures and guidance we receive both from the WHO and our own CDC. For instance, guidance on masks shifted over time, with the CDC and experts like Dr. Anthony Fauci having to defend their positions against accusations of flip-flopping. A recent analysis by Tom Jefferson and others in the Cochrane Database of Systematic Reviews questions the effectiveness of mass mandates in preventing the spread of COVID-19, highlighting that our understanding of the virus and its transmission has evolved over time. There's also increasing evidence that the economic, social, and educational costs of school closures far outweighed the benefits. Robert Moffat and Doug Badger from the Heritage Foundation, as well as Derek Thompson from The Atlantic, have pointed out the failure of school closure policies in mitigating the spread of the virus, while causing immense learning loss and negative effect on children's mental health. Additionally, a recent study in The Lancet found that natural immunity acquired by a COVID-19 infection was associated with lower incidence of SARS-CoV-2 infection than mRNA primary series vaccination, irrespective of the variant. This further emphasizes the need for a nuanced approach to pandemic response, instead of a one-size-fits-all strategy. The theory that COVID-19 originated in a Chinese virology lab, once dismissed as a conspiracy theory, 
and strongly condemned by scientists, has gained increasing currency, and multiple federal agencies have deemed likely. Given that the WHO and government experts have been proven wrong too often, it's inappropriate to give them authority to police disinformation, especially when it infringes on internationally accepted rights to freedom of expression. This is the same body that proudly stood by as China evaded its obligations under the WHO's international health regulations through a visible absence of transparency and cooperation when alerting the global community to the outbreak. Rather than sharing crucial genomic sequences of the disease and facilitating international health experts' visits to assess the situation, China effectively hindered the global understanding and response. Instead of holding Beijing accountable for its lack of cooperation, the WHO uncritically echoed the Chinese Communist Party's narrative and even lauded the regime's handling of the pandemic. Consequently, the COVID-19 pandemic inflicted considerably greater fatalities and economic devastation upon the United States and the rest of the world than it would have if China had complied with its responsibilities. One of the major concerns with the draft of CA Plus is that it prohibits reservations, which the U.S. Senate regularly conditions approval of a treaty on. This disqualifies the treaty from serious consideration by the Senate, as it must retain the ability to modify the terms of a treaty so that it complies with U.S. laws and the Constitution. The draft also states that the CA Plus is guided by equity, a term rooted in Marxist ideology which appears more than 30 times. Americans deserve to know precisely what kind of commitments their government is making to the rest of the world through treaties, and a treaty guided by such a delicate term should not serve as the guiding principle of any international commitment. There are still many blank spots in the WHO CA plus draft, such as undefined terms and inter-pandemic obligations. For example, the draft commits parties to the, quote, progressive realization of universal health coverage, which remains undefined and is often understood in the U.S. political context to mean government-provided health care. Considering the contentious U.S. debate over the proper role of government in health care and the willingness of some U.S. courts to rely on international agreements to interpret U.S. legal obligations, taxpayers should be wary. The treaty's scope is enormous committing parties to providing funding, enacting policies, and adopting legislation and other measures, not just during a pandemic, but also during, quote, inter-pandemic times. This means that even though treaty parties technically retain their sovereign control over domestic pandemic response, complying with the treaty will require significant policy changes and implementation, whether a pandemic is declared or not. In a recent passionate address to Parliament, MP Andrew Bridgen laid out his case against the UK signing on to the treaty. As a sidebar, I would encourage you to watch his speech on the Parliament floor. You could find it in YouTube by searching Andrew Bridgen, MP, Pandemic Prevention, Preparedness and Response. We will also link to it in our show notes. Mr. Bridgman highlights the organization's initial response to COVID-19 pandemic as another significant concern. The WHO's early guidance on person-to-person transmission was wrong, causing potentially avoidable harm. Furthermore, he argues that the WHO's strategy of implementing lockdowns 
and mass vaccination during a pandemic may have driven viral mutations, which could have exacerbated the crisis. The MP expresses concern that unelected, unaccountable bureaucrats in the WHO would effectively control citizens' lives under these new treaties. He also warns that the organization's ties to powerful pharmaceutical giants could distort its decision-making process. As over 80% of the WHO's budget now consists of specified funding, this financial influence may result in the WHO drifting away from its original noble ethos of promoting democratic, holistic cooperation in public health. Now for our RP quick take. The WHO CA plus zero draft is significantly flawed and should not receive the Senate's blessing in its current form. The Biden administration must recognize that due to its scope and nature, any treaty resembling the current CA plus draft will require the advice and consent of the Senate. It's worth noting that the Obama administration at times circumvented Senate consideration and declared international agreements, such as the Paris Climate Agreement, legally binding. To ensure that any pandemic treaty is submitted to the Senate, Congress should take proactive steps, including conditioning WHO funding on this process during the upcoming fourth meeting of the Intergovernmental Negotiating Body to consider the draft treaty it is incumbent upon the Biden administration to demand substantial changes to narrow the agreement or modify its objectionable provisions. Only a treaty that preserves American sovereignty, addresses the mistakes of the COVID-19 pandemic, and protects the intellectual property of U.S. companies should be considered for approval by the United States. Please like and or follow us, Ranting Politics, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or other podcast outlets. You can follow us on Twitter at RantingRP. As always, thank you for listening to this You Need to Know for Ranting Politics, April 26, 2023. Until next time, take care and stay free.